This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Wildfire smoke from Canada continues to blanket Chicago skies. That air quality index hit a high of 288 yesterday. Now, typically, air quality in a major city like Chicago hovers between 51 and 100. Today, the city's air quality is expected to get worse, with risk of increased health effects for everyone. So joining us now are two experts who can explain what's going on with the air and how it could affect your breathing. Kelly Nichols is a senior manager of policy and advocacy at Respiratory Health Association here in Chicago. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. Also with us is Dr. Ravi Callahan, uh, Northwestern Medicine Deputy Division Chief of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine. Hi, doctor. Hi, Sasha. So, Kelly, we we heard about this uh, bad air quality affecting New York a Mm -hmm. couple weeks ago. Um, And in photos of those days over in New York, I mean, the sky was pretty much orange. I mean, I I remember getting photos from family members walking through Manhattan. It looked crazy. Here, it doesn't quite look like that. So so does it mean the air quality isn't as bad? It it probably, you know, the numbers can differ in different places and it can look different in different places based on what else is in the air. Chicago itself um, has never met the U.S. air quality standards since they were established oh. in 1970. Well, <laughs> so there's something. The ambient air that we have generally in Chicago based on heavy industry, based on the fact that it's a, a port through which, you know, 30 percent of all manufactured goods pass through the city of Chicago. So we have different air quality issues that happen all the time. And when you bring that into also the particulate smoke that's coming down from the wildfires in Canada Mm -hmm. and just the general grossness that happens over summer when all that cooks in the sun and creates ozone problems, then you're kind of in a stew of a perfect storm that can cause a lot of lung health issues. What can we take away from the color of the smoke then? I mean, the color just determines what, what, I mean, I would imagine the color is indicated by whatever's burning and the ambient stuff in the air. So it probably looks different on the East Coast. It might have been a higher concentration. I do think the number were a little bit higher in uh, New York than they are in Chicago. And also our weather patterns move a little differently. Things sit a little differently. Our heat island is slightly different than Manhattan. So it's that kind of stuff. I see. And <laughs> so just to, for further context, I mentioned a moment ago that the uh, air quality index rating yesterday here in Chicago was 288. Mm-hmm. And now the city today is remaining under, quote, very unhealthy um, in, in that category. So what does that all mean? Right. So When the EPA sets a national ambient air quality standard, they take into consideration health nerds like me, and they also take into consideration heavy industry that comes and says, no, this is too strict. And then they try to decide on a number that indicates what the solution should be to that number problem. But that number doesn't necessarily reflect on what's protective of health. Any amount of air quality is not, any amount of air pollution is not great for your lungs, right? So the higher number you go, especially with what we're dealing with in the air today, which is particulate matter, yeah. The worse what you're breathing in is, and particulate matter can contain teeny tiny little particles that are smaller than the size of a human hair that can get into your lungs and your bloodstream and they can cause hmm. systemic issues, which I'm sure Dr. Hal- Calhan's going to talk more about. But basically, the higher number, the higher the concentration of it in the air, the more dangerous it is to breathe in. Yeah. And I, I see here that with the latest information, though we were the worst yesterday, um, Chicago's now down to number three yeah. as far as the air quality. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Detroit now being number one for unhealthy air quality. Mm -hmm. Dr. Calhan, let's bring you in here. Uh, You know, my chest was really hurting uh, for some time yesterday, Um, a little bit today, but my eyes were burning as well uh, during my commute home uh, from work. Now, is that typical? Yeah, I think so, Sasha. I think any person, whether healthy or unhealthy, when exposed to this level 
of particulate matter will have some symptoms. So eyes are always exposed to ambient air. So eyes burning and watering would be a common symptom. A sore throat would be a common symptom. Mm -hmm. And as Kelly just mentioned, these particles are really, really tiny. So they, if we breathe normally, will make their way deep into our lungs where they can cause an inflammatory reaction in the windpipes on the way to the lung, in the nose as we first inhale them, and then even deeper in the lung. So even healthy people are likely to have some symptoms and response to it. It's extremely risky for people who have chronic lung disease or chronic heart disease, because folks living with asthma, for example, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, mm -hmm. can have flare-ups of their disease triggered by exposure to these um, fine particles being inhaled. Yikes. And in fact, it actually can cause an inflammatory reaction in the body, which has been pretty clearly associated in epidemiologic studies with greater risk of heart attacks and strokes and other really significant health events. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of folks still struggling with long COVID, for instance, right? This this cannot be good at all. And and going back to our conversation about eyes, Dr. Calhan, I mean, what about folks who wear contacts? One of our producers was talking earlier about her eyes stinging when she took the contacts out. Like, I mean, it, were the contacts trapping smoke particles in her eyes? Yeah, well, I have to lean on personal experience there, Sasha, because I'm just a lung doctor, but my... <laughs> My contacts also annoyed me yesterday, so yeah. <laughs> I err on the side of wearing my glasses on days like today. And then, you know, eye protection for people who are really symptomatic with their eyes would make sense. Wearing some form of either sunglasses wouldn't do the job, but some form of, you know, ski goggle type things, I guess, could do the job. But, you know, similarly with chest pain and throat pain and, and nose irritation, wearing an N95 or KN95 mask is actually the best way to protect oneself if they have to be outside from the adverse consequences of particles. Those high quality masks that we heard a lot about during COVID mm -hmm. actually do protect against um, particulate matter 2.5, these fine particles. Yeah. Well, uh, let's continue to talk about protection here. Kelly, how much can a um, a portable air purifier help to, to kind of clean the air in a room? And is there a specific type of purifier that you, you think would work best? Against I know this kind of smoke. I do think a HEPA, a HEPA filter helps the most. It okay. removes the most particles out of the air. Um, I know that, uh, like, for instance, again, like uh, Dr. Callahan from personal experience, our air conditioner pulls in air from the outside. So I've turned it off and we're resorting to sort of fans in rooms. So we're not pulling mm. in more dirty air into our home. Smart. And an air, and an air purifier, excuse me, per room will definitely help reduce the amount of particulates in the room. And also if a person or like, for instance, I'm, I bought one yesterday for my kids' rooms. It'll also reduce the other allergens that might also create that inflammatory response in their airway, which would exacerbate the impacts of mm. that particle pollution that's also coming in from the wildfire. So the more you're inhaling, the worse off you are. And the air purifier will definitely help with those allergens, but also with the particulate matter from the smoke. And what do you think about those uh, those DIY 
air cleaners that that some folks are making like if they're, they're making them you, out of box fans i mean and, if they're what you have because there are a lot of communities that have historically worse air pollution because of those heavy industry comments that i was making earlier and if those communities can't get their hands on uh an air purifier from a store or something and they have the facilities to make something like that because the air pollution is already worse there anything yeah. is going to help really and i mean any anybody anywhere if you can't get to an air purifier and you'd like to make one and you're following a diy instruction that will help more than anything in terms of just straight up breathing bad air in. Yeah, that's a good advice there. Dr. Calhan, if you can sort of piggyback off that, because we know a lot of folks, especially those who live in older apartment buildings, they don't have central AC, right? And they're relying on the window units for sure. So, I mean, is, is that filter strong enough to, to clean the air in their units? Yeah, my understanding of those window units is that the filters are typically not very strong and a high quality filter would restrict airflow. So it's it's a very difficult situation, actually, as the temperature goes up because it can get really hot in an apartment without AC. But windows closed and limiting outside air is really um, an important step. If that's not possible, then considering wearing a mask indoors would be a KN95 or an N95 mask indoors would be the other mm. strategy. Indoors, um, okay. Even indoors if you have to open it to outdoor air, yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about the unhealthy levels of air quality here in Chicago from smoke that's blowing in from Canada and wildfires. Uh, we're speaking with Kelly Nichols, who's a senior manager of policy and advocacy at Respiratory Health Association, and Dr. Ravi Calhan, who's Northwestern Medicine Deputy Division Chief of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine. So, Dr. Calhan, let's talk about your work a little bit. You're leading a lung healthy study in Chicago, and I hear this was something that you wanted to start before COVID-19, right? What were you tracking? Yeah. So that's a nationwide study, actually, that we're fortunate to lead here uh, from Chicago at Northwestern, where we are actually recruiting young, healthy adults between the ages of 25 and 35. And we had in our minds when we designed the study that days like today are really important to understand for their long-term health consequences. Changing climate and air pollution has probably adverse health consequences on everybody, and we wanted to understand them more. Other behaviors among 25 to 35 year olds probably have adverse health consequences too, like vaping. Um, mm. And that was a point of emphasis. This was before COVID happened, as you mentioned. And now, of course, we also know that COVID probably has a variety of consequences. But it's really interesting because we, at least in Chicago, in my experience, have talked about air quality days on a really intermittent episodic basis. We've had one or two bad quality days. And to some extent, those are manageable, right? We can stay inside, we can put on masks, we mm -hmm. can mitigate risk. Kids in camp can modify their activities. But as we have these more frequently with climate change um, and the consistency of these exposures goes on more, it does create the impetus to really understand what they do to people even beyond those that are in these sensitive groups. So a kid who's in their teenage years, who spends a lot of time outside during the summer, if the air quality index is 200 or almost 300 as it is in Chicago, if they spent 24 hours a day outside, which I recognize no one does, but if right. they did, that's like smoking half a pack of cigarettes that day. And wow. if that happens on repeated days with consistency, that probably has a number of adverse health consequences on that person. But we can only understand those consequences if we recruit them into an observational study and follow them 
essentially for the rest of their lives. So that's what we're trying to do to really understand how these 21st century exposures are associated with not only lung disease, but impairment in respiratory health. Mm. Are they more likely to have symptoms? Are they more likely to get bronchitis? Are they more likely to experience sort of uh, respiratory health impairment? Kelly, you, you agree. I see you nodding there. Yeah, it's uh, something we talk about a lot. And those of us who care a lot about air quality. Uh, you said it's like smoking half a pack yeah, of cigarettes a day. Yes, that's it. And it's additional to all the other stuff that we're constantly breathing in, right? So, and the inflammatory response of what else is happening, like long COVID and things like this. And of course, this is Dr. Calhoun's wheelhouse, so I can't speak to it nearly as well as he does. But part of the work that we do at RHA has also got to do about um, teens' exposure to vaping and the lungs' response to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and chronic illnesses like asthma and COPD and the impact of that. It's all... Just when you look at it uh, as a conglomerate, as a a stacked set of exposures, it's a different piece than just saying, wow, the air looks super dirty outside, you know? So people who care about air quality, like Dr. Callahan and I, I don't know, I get kind of excited when people start to get aware of it. And I I always ride the line of putting in too much information in like the mom groups and things because you're like, okay, this is my time to shine. This is my wheelhouse. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Yeah, exactly. But this stuff is happening all the time hmm. in Chicago, where we have, like I told you, we haven't hit air quality standards since they were established in Chicago. You well, Kelly, I mean? here, here's the other thing that's happening this weekend, and we, we talked about this earlier on the program. The city's hosting the NASCAR race, yeah, right? Those cars are burning fuel and, and creating more admissions, right? Yes. So <laughs> how do you anticipate an event like that is going to affect the already unhealthy air quality that we have Well, I'll see you and I'll raise you because here comes the 4th of July as well, right? And we're all going to set off a bunch of fireworks and that's going to create a ton. If you look at these air quality maps after the 4th of July, you you won't be shocked, but you'll see there are places that turn purple, red, dark red. You know, it's really, it's it's, like I said, it's like a conglomerate of all of these things. The air pollution from these, you know, un, un, you know, there's no refinement to these engines and they're just spitting out, you know, pure air pollution. It's just adding to the mix. It's adding to the bucket. It's making a bigger pot of stew that we're all breathing in and swimming in as we're trying to like live our lives. And I get it. You're allowed to enjoy what you're allowed to enjoy, <laughs> but yeah. at the expense of other people or at the expense of your health. I don't know. It feels like it gets complicated real quick. You oh know? my goodness. Um, you know, I'm th- also thinking about folks uh, in the city who've got pets. Mm hmm that uh, may need to be let out for walks, et cetera. I mean, aside from keeping those outside breaks shorter, maybe, right? Is there anything else, uh, Dr. Callahan, that you suggest folks do to protect their pets? Yeah, I think it's take your pet out as short as possible. Wear a mask yourself. Unfortunately, the pet can't really wear a mask, but it's really limiting outdoor time. You know, the other thing, Sasha, about the NASCAR race is that we've been talking a lot about... um, wood fire smoke, right? These are wildfire smoke from Canada that is coming down, and that's comprised of fine particulates. Right. PM 2.5 is the term that gets. The, as the temperature goes up, and it's going to get hotter here and on the East Coast over the next couple of days, ozone as ground level ozone as an as a impactful piece of core air quality becomes more predominant. So, you know, there's the ozone layer in the atmosphere, and that's supposed to be there high up. But ground-level ozone is not supposed to be present in high amounts. But it's really created by emissions from cars and factories, which then react with ultraviolet light for, to release oxygen, which then attaches to O2, the good oxygen, to mm-hmm. make ozone. And ozone 
has its own negative impacts on health. It irritates lungs and the lining cells of the respiratory tract and creates a complementary set of problems to what fine particulates cause. So hot weather, lots of emissions, the factories that already exist producing emissions oh and ground level ozone increasing in addition to the particulates is really potentially problematic. So do we know if anyone's doing studies here in Chicago on the air quality effect specifically as a result from NASCAR? That's a good question. I'm not sure if anybody's specifically looking at NASCAR, but I, I mean, because that, that would be something to look at. Right. But they're <laughs> looking at the air right now. So the data they're gathering will have the impact of those NASCAR races. True. So I think that you can't control necessarily for specific uh, events in unless you're looking to control for those specific events. And I don't know of any research that's happening that they're looking at NASCAR. But what I know about the research that is happening is that when it shows up six to 10 months down the line, you're like, oh, great. I'm glad they looked at this because yeah. they have to compare it over that longitudinal so study. How is it going to go away? Right. How, how can we expect the smoke <laughs> to dissipate? Like, is the wind enough to blow it away? The wind or, helps. Are we just waiting for that? The or, wind helps. Is it rain um, that we want? Rain helps. Okay. Anything that takes it out of the the air will help get it out of the air. It also, and I can put a plug in for something. At this point, I want it gone. I understand. I can see in your face. You're never leaving the indoors again. Never. I'm <laughs> your staying face in the is studio be forever. In front of one of those great fan kits that you're going to set up. It's going to be wonderful. Yes. So, um, not only doing the things that Dr. Callahan talked about in terms of taking care of your own personal health, but thinking on a bigger scale. And this is usually where I lose the mom groups on Facebook, but I'm going to keep talking because it's really important. Okay. When we reduce emissions, right? And we don't have the heavy-duty diesel truck emissions, and we don't have that kind of impact at the level that we do now, it makes the impacts of this kind of pollution exposure to less, right? So Illinois has always been a leader in environmental work, right? We passed the CEGE legislation a few years ago, and now, right now, our organization is working in a coalition of a large group, group of people that are trying to reduce emissions from medium and heavy-duty vehicles by getting Governor Pritzker to sign off on the uh, advanced clean truck rule and the heavy-duty NOx omnibus rule. And if you reduce that pollution, like I said, Chicago's a freight hub. Yeah. If you reduce that pollution, then you reduce the impact on people. So these these exposures aren't amplified to the level they are now. And, I mean, everyone rolls their eyes when we talk about it. Not everybody, but many people say climate change. Climate change is slowing down the air columns. It's screwing up the jet stream. It's doing all kinds of stuff. The longer this stuff gets parked over us and is not blown through or there's a drought that kind of keeps it stuck here because there's no rain to clear it out of the air, the worse off we are. So mitigating <sighs> emissions in general is what we so we don't have to live in a hellscape yeah. for the rest of our lives. Well, you know? that's, that's why we have people like you, Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no pressure. Kelly Nichols is a senior manager of policy and advocacy at Respiratory Health Association. And Dr. Ravi Calhan is a Northwestern Medicine Deputy Division Chief of Pulmon Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine. Thank you both so much. Thank you.